We'll be in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, if you'd like to turn there. I wanted to tie my message into something that was in current events, so I figured that gave me two choices. The Olympics or politics. And aren't you glad I picked the Olympics? chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 is the main scripture this morning. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. There. Oh, 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 oh. oh boy's right. Excuse me. So, the writer of the book of Hebrews is telling us that we are running a race. And this race is not a sprint, but a marathon. Paul tells us in Timothy 4.7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. We are to do the same. But not only keep the faith, as we continue to run the race, we are to share the faith. 1 Corinthians tells us, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. And so that's telling us we can't just be going through the motions as a Christian. There's too much at stake. We can't be slackers. We have to give it our all. Give it our best. On Friday... This last Friday, there was an Olympian swimmer by the name of Katie Ledecky. And maybe some of you watched that as she swam the 800-meter freestyle. And it was quite unusual. That's a long ways, 800 meters. But the, the announcers were surprised 
and maybe even shocked because the longer she swam, the stronger she got. Her laps during the second half of the race were faster than the first half of the race. And she was picking up speed and she finally ended up at the finish line like 11 seconds before everybody else. And the TV camera would pan her at different times on a race and there was nobody, nobody else on the screen because she had built such a big lead. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a really good example of our Christian life. As we go further and further into it, physically, I'm discovering as time goes on, we may slow down. And things may not work like they used to. And things may not work at all. But spiritually, that's more time we've spent with the Lord and the more time we've been in His Word. And the stronger we get, the more time we're with Him. So physically, we may be going down, but spiritually, we should be going up. The prize we strive for that's talked about is not our salvation. We cannot earn that. We know that. And before we start the race, we have salvation, which has been freely given to us. So what's the prize? We are running the race. Why? To fulfill God's purpose in and for our lives. Verse 1, we'll go back to verse 1. That's got a lot of good stuff in it. So we'll be there for a little bit. But it says, surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And if I hope you brought your imaginations today. If you would imagine with me, I imagine, when I read this verse, I imagine, and it doesn't say it in Scripture, but it reminds me of a huge stadium. And it's crowded full of believers. And I'm on the track running. And you're on the track running. This Christian life. And what are those fans in the stadium doing as we're running our race? They're cheering us on. They're encouraging us. By the very fact of them being there is an encouragement. Because who are those fans? They're all believers, but who are they? They're the saints of old. They're Abraham and Moses and Elijah and David and Esther. I got to throw some women in there. Esther and Ruth. It took me a little bit, but I remember. Yeah, yeah. Get some women in there, man. So, um, yep. That's why I say. So, and they're cheering us on. But not only not only them, but relatives 
in friends that have gone on before. And they're calling out your name, saying, don't give up. Keep on. Press on. And part of the reason we're there is because of the sacrifices they have done for us before us. And so that's quite an encouragement. Verse 1 tells us, as we're running this race, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Again, if you can use your imagination and we're doing a race in the Olympics and a runner comes out with a huge backpack on his back full of all kinds of stuff. That would be ridiculous. That would defeat the purpose. Because the Word tells us, throw it doesn't just say drop it. It says throw it off. Get rid of it. Get it far away from you. And so we think of that as being ridiculous. That would never happen. But I wonder this morning what we may be carrying in our backpacks that would hinder us from being the most effective Christian we can be. It doesn't have to be bad stuff. It's just stuff that slows us down. Stuff that gets in the way of our relationship with our Lord. Stuff that keeps us from being the best Christian we can be while we're here on this earth. And then we have the phrase, the sin that so easily entangles. And again, I can't help but think back when I was a kid watching Tarzan on TV. Any of you watch Tarzan? Nobody got reception up here? Oh, we, okay, we have, okay, we have a couple of brave souls willing to admit it. Yeah, well, one episode was like Tarzan found himself in the river. I don't know why, but he was in the river and he was underwater. And all of a sudden there's an octopus there. And as a kid, I didn't realize, you know, octopus live in the ocean. They don't, not, not in freshwater rivers. But this was TV, remember? And this tentacle comes out and grabs Tarzan. And he struggles for his knife. And the music builds up and all this drama. But he finally gets his knife. He whacks away. Well, then another tentacle comes. And a third tentacle. And he finally gets the first tentacle away from him. But these tentacles just keep wrapping around. And that's what I think of when I read the Scripture. The sin that so easily entangles. And it's... My experience has been what I have witnessed is sin a lot of times happens gradually and happens small. And it's just like, just give me a little foothold. Just a little space. And then later on it kind of grows a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And then pretty soon you got the whole octopus around you. you got the whole sin that entangles you. 
And then verse 1 also says, and let us run with perseverance. Many Olympics ago, many years ago in the Olympics, during the marathon event, they started the race in a stadium. And all the runners ran a lap around the stadium. Then off they went outside the stadium to run their 26 miles. They would come back and run their last lap before the finish line within the stadium. And so while they were gone, that was going to take a while. And so they started other events of track and field. And the stadium, of course, was full. And the people were watching. And a few hours later, the first runner of the marathon came in crossed the finish line as the winner of the marathon. They still continue to have track and field events and other people dragged on and on and on. And then it appeared that that was the end. And several hours later, in comes one more runner. The last runner for the marathon. And he looked terrible. He had fallen. His knee had been bandaged. It was all bloodied up. He came many hours after the start. Hobbling in for that final lap. And the people realized, the people in the stands realized what was going on. That this guy was going to finish no matter what the cost. And they stood and they cheered. And he finally crossed the finish line. And a reporter came up to him afterwards and said, why on earth would you bother to finish being so far behind? And he put it very simply. He was from Tanzania. And he said, my country did not send me 7,000 miles to start a race. My country sent me 7,000 miles to finish the race. And so we did. So that, my friends, is perseverance. And then it tells us also in verse 1, a lot of stuff out of verse 1. Let us run the race marked out for us. So we're being told to run the race that is marked out for us. Now I'm taking that to mean I need to run the race that's marked out for Doug. I don't need to run your race. You don't need to run my race. Each race is unique. We have Reverend Armstrong with us here today. In his race, he's a missionary. He thinks he's a former missionary because he was in South America. But today he's in the public schools. He's still a missionary. And we thank him for his service, past and present. And part of his race to run was on the mission field and is on the mission field today. But his race is not your race. Part of my race, 10 years of my race, 
was spending time in prison as a volunteer chaplain, not as an inmate. I know what you guys... You guys, I know what you're thinking. Come on. That was my race to run. It wasn't my wife's race to run. It's not your race. You have to run the race God sets out before you. And then it tells us also back in Scripture in verse 2, it talks about fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. The joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning shame, and sat at the right hand of the throne of God. The world offers us many distractions, doesn't it? But we must stay focused on Jesus. It's so easy to take our eyes off, even just for a few seconds or moments. But we need to stay focused on Jesus. Sometimes we even focus on people that are fellow believers. But we're all human. And as I told a friend who uh, I got, I was part of his salvation and bringing his family to salvation and church. Don't look at me. I will disappoint you. Not on purpose. It's not if, it's when. You need to continue to look at Jesus. And we all need to do that. Sometimes we have a tendency to look at our pastor and then our pastor messes up and it kind of shakes our faith a little bit or we become really, really critical. But we need to stay focused on Jesus. Consider Him who endured much opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus at one time was with His Father and was with the Holy Spirit. And the plan was for Him to come down here, which He did. And He went through everything that He went through, including the cross. He did not do that just so we could start the race. He wants us to finish the race and finish it strong. I want to leave you with one last story. It happens over in Birmingham, England, several years ago. There's a company there called the Lewis Company. For us, we could kind of think of Walmart. But this was the Lewis Company. And they were very successful and they were growing by leaps and bounds. And they needed to move. Or not move, they needed to expand. And so they did a feasibility study to see which direction they could expand in because there were obstacles every direction they could go. So they did this study and they got the results of the study the board met and realized the best way for them to expand was to go 
in the direction where there was this little church in the way. And so they drafted a letter. And in the letter, it said, Dear Church, we are the Lewis Company. Due to the success of our business, we have found it necessary to expand. In order to do this, we will need the property the church is located on. Let us know what you want for your church and we will purchase it. Sincerely, the Lewis Company. Well, a few days later, the Lewis Company receives a letter. Dear Lewis Company, we are the church. We have been at this site longer than the Lewis Company has been in business. We have no interest in selling the church. However, let us know what you want for your business and we would be willing to buy it. Sincerely, Cadbury. Cad Mr. Cadbury was a member of that little church. And Mr. Cadbury was the Cadbury of Cadbury chocolates. He was a, and this was years ago, multi-millionaire. Before the second letter was written, anybody would have said, well, that's a done deal because the Lewis Company has more attorneys than the church has members. But the moral of the story is it's not the size of the building. It's who signed the letter. Well, I have a letter. You have a letter. We, as the church, have a letter. And it says, Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And it's signed by our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I would say, let's go. Let's expand the kingdom. Let's build the church with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thank you.